You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 382. So I keep it real, exactly what I do. And they're like, of course, you know, who doesn't want to be, you know, sent a discounted property? So depending if you're talking to a landlord or a uh, fix and flipper, um, you know, you can critique it how you want, but keep it simple. Keep it under a minute. And, you know, either they're going to say yes or no. And if they say no, you know, you can ask why. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. It's, It's honestly a simple conversation. The more you have, the more smooth you are with it. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get into today's episode, I just want to tell you about a special contest that we are running for the month of March. And you are absolutely not going to want to miss this one. For the entire month of March, we are running a special ratings and review contest where we are going to fly out three lucky people to spend two full days in sunny Florida with our head rhino, Tom Kroll. That's right. Three lucky winners are going to get to spend two full days with the man, the myth, the legend, Tom Kroll. We're going to fly you out. We're going to wine you and we're going to dine you. And we're going to put you up in a really nice place. And you're going to get to spend some quality time with Tom and a couple of fellow rhinos. And just between me and you, I know Tom likes to do fun stuff. So you'll probably be doing some fun stuff too. It's going to be awesome. I promise. Now, To enter this contest, all you have to do is go over to iTunes and rate and review this podcast, five stars, please, and send a screenshot of your review to me at Darren at Wholesaling Inc. That is D-A-R-R-I-N at WholesalingInc.com. Got to spell it out because very few Darrens actually have two R's and an I, but anyway, and we are going to pick three lucky people at random, and those people will come out and spend a couple of days masterminding in sunny Florida with Tom Kroll. And as if that wasn't enough, our winners are going to be featured on this podcast. So Tom is going to be putting the three winners in the hot seat right here on Wholesaling Inc., you're not going to want to miss it. So again, to enter, go over to iTunes right now and rate and review this podcast and send me a screenshot of that review to Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N at wholesalinginc.com. Darren at wholesalinginc.com. Now let's get on to today's episode. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, the number one podcast when it comes to wholesaling real estate. I'm your host, Brent Daniels, and I was thinking about this today. This is really interesting. I remember it's January of 2016. I'm looking on my phone for a podcast that would talk about or teach me about or give me some instructions about wholesaling real estate. I didn't have anything. And the first one that popped up was this one that was orange and it said Wholesaling Inc. So I clicked on it and I started listening. And it had this incredible guy on there. His name was Tom Kroll. And he instantly like pulled me in. I think I'd listened to two podcasts before actually joining the Rhino tribe. And the reason I did it wasn't, wasn't what you think it is. It wasn't because I needed to necessarily know how to wholesale. It's because I wanted to be around people that were doing a lot 
more than me. Of course, I loved all the instruction and I wanted to build my business, but I wanted to be a part of something special. And I think, you know, being a part of the Rhino tribe has been one of the most impactful things in my life. And because of that, I get the opportunity now, the fortune to have real life interviews with people around the country. These aren't people that are posturing. These aren't people that are trying to sell you something. These are people that are out there every single day taking action based on the training, based on their 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 purpose in life, based on their passion in real estate. And they go out and they have a real testimonial to speak of, a real story to speak of. And it's absolutely beautiful. Not only that, I want you guys to know that we make sure that everybody on here that is speaking to you sends us an actual settlement statement to prove that this is real. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. This isn't some infomercial. This isn't some crazy thing that you see online. This is the real nitty gritty, the real true raw truth. Just like Tom Kroll said in those early podcasts, we are getting to the meat and potatoes of this business by giving you the instruction. So make sure you get a paper, make sure you get a pen, make sure you stop what you're doing because I've got an incredible story coming out of New Jersey, actually living in Pittsburgh, but we're doing work in New Jersey. You're living in New Jersey. No, I'm living in New Jersey. Oh, I'm living in yep. New Jersey. Okay, yep, sorry. Yep, living actually, in New- from Pittsburgh. From, from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, living in New Jersey yep. is going to tell us his incredible story. Tell us about a fantastic deal so that you can pull all the golden nuggets out of it. Without uh, further ado, I want to introduce Lenny Poliziani to the podcast. Did I do that all right? Did I get the last name Yeah, right? you did. Okay, yeah. Lenny, welcome. All right. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Brent, what's up? Well, I'm excited, man. I'm excited because you're coming on the podcast. You're coming in with a really, really, really interesting deal that you put together. Really, really, there's a lot to learn from this. Before we get into that, why don't you tell us about yourself? Give us your background and how you got into wholesaling real estate. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I went to college at West Virginia University. Um, Had no idea what I wanted to do after college. Ended up getting into medical device sales. Spent a little bit of time in uh, Southern California. Did some training out there for my company. They said, you look for me, like I uh, do well on the East Coast. They put me in New Jersey, bounced around a little bit from there and ended up landing for the last two years, a um, territory manager position in Manhattan, in the Bronx. So that's what I currently do. But I've always been a type to, I started my own landscaping business in high school, but I always was looking for something else, uh, the entrepreneur route to be my own boss. You know, I'm always the type looking. So real estate, we have no background. Nobody in my family's in real estate. Heard some things here and there and uh, decided to jump in. And that's kind of where we are right now. So I do uh, wholesaling currently in North Jersey. Got it. And this is part-time. <clears throat> this is part-time. Yep. Wholesaling is part-time. part-time. So what does your full-time yeah. schedule look like? Because a lot of people listening, a lot of people yeah. watching this have full-time jobs. They have this passion for real estate, but they're not exactly sure how to balance it. So how do you balance it? Tell, tell us your schedule. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, especially with my, my job, it's kind of all over the place. So with medical device sales, you're in the operating room. Um, this, so the schedule is not a nine to five, eight to four kind of job. You're cold calling on offices. So you get to uh, create your own schedule in a way. But sometimes that's tough, especially with uh, trying to get a nice schedule down with doing real estate or wholesaling. So what I try to do, um, the good thing is surgery usually starts at like 7, 7.30 in the morning. So I start early. So I finish my day if I can um, at an earlier hour, unless I'm stuck in, in a procedure. 
But if I can get out at a decent hour, then I'll try to put in um, about two hours of cold calling after work. Um, on the way home, though, I drive for dollars. You know, ever since joining your program, um, and I was kind of, this is exactly why I got into it. I realized with my type of schedule, being proactive was the only way it was going to work. And we'll get into, you know, how I started with, um, you know, wholesaling and different routes I went. But yeah, so I'll drive for dollars if I can. I'm on my way home. Uh, write a, co- a couple of addresses down, get home, uh, get on the mojo dialer. And then from after that, depending on what time it is, I'll try to call real estate agents, ghostsection8.com to find landlords, LinkedIn, um, you name it, and try to get, you know, a couple names here and there. Another thing I try to do, which is huge, and the reason why this deal happened is that I try to attend one real estate um, investors meeting a week. Um, there's a ton up here in Jersey and also attend one uh, county sheriff sale week. And there's about four counties right now in North Jersey that I'm focusing on. So, um, you know, that has been huge to try to make that a consistent action to take. So when you're talking about going on LinkedIn and these other websites, you're looking for cash buyers to add to your database. Is that right? When you're yeah, going to these meetup exactly. groups? Exactly. Um, and since I'm, I'm fairly, I, I've been doing wholesaling for less than a year. So I'm, I'm, I'm new. And uh, you can always build your cash buyer's database. And um, so I try to not only call, you know, motivated sellers, but build that at the same time. Because especially with this deal, it wouldn't have happened, obviously, without a buyer. So that is very important. I think a lot of people skip over, you know, depending on where they are in the United States. But uh, cash buyers are huge. Well, and I think that you're 100% right. And I think that that, I think it's almost more intimidating to to cold call up or reach out to a potential investor, potential cash buyer than it is a distressed property owner for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You think that they know more than you. They, they're going to tell you that your deals aren't deals. They're going to tell you that you're new or they're going to be degrading to you in some way. Very often, it doesn't actually turn out that way. I think if you go with a really good, confident, we talk about likability and certainty on this podcast all the time. Whether you're talking to a seller or you're talking to a buyer, if you have that certainty and likability, people will communicate with you. And you can get that certainty by listening to this podcast. You can get this certainty by seeing other people do it. You can get this certainty by trying it out over and over and over again and just getting into a rhythm where you're always constantly communicating, always talking to people. So when you when you call these cash buyers up, what does that conversation look like, Lenny? I keep it very simple. Um, and obviously, you know, I listen to all the podcasts by you guys and, you know, but it's just, you know, I, maybe I have an advantage because I'm in medical device sales. But at first I was, you know, making it real complicated. But now when I call a cash, you know, cash buyer, I'm just like, hey, you know, I know this is out of the blue. I kind of keep it the same as when I'm talking to a seller. Yeah. But I said, my name is Lenny. Um, you know, I'm a local investor um, in the North Jersey, New Jersey area. I come across discounted properties all the time. You know, are you are you currently looking for any more properties to add to your portfolio? Or depending on what kind of cash buyer I'm talking to, what's the time they're going to say, yeah. I said, all right, great. You know, I'll add you to my, you know, my database. You know, what's the best way to get in contact with you? But I keep it very simple, almost like right, you know, to the T of the script. Because when I realized when I tried to explain myself in the past, you know, it might have sounded sketchy or they're like, okay, what do you really do? So I keep it real, exactly what I do. And they're like, of course, you know, who doesn't want to be, you know, sent a discounted property? So depending if you're talking to a landlord or a uh, fix and flipper, um, you know, you can critique it how you want, but keep it simple. Keep it under a minute. And, you know, either they're going to say yes or no. And if they say no, you know, you can ask why. 
yeah, I mean, that's basically it. It's, it's honestly a simple conversation. The more you have, the more smooth you are with it. Obviously, you know, one thing I like to do is read people. So depending on how they answer the phone, you can kind of tell what type of person they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of, um, you know, customizes how I approach, you know, my conversation with them. But yeah, it's very straightforward. I keep it short. Yeah, I love them. There's so much in there that I kind of want to pick apart real quick. The, the biggest question I think that people might be asking is, how do you know to determine if this is somebody that's looking for a rental or looking for a flip? So it depends on, with me, the sites I use. Like I said, GhostSection8.com. I mean, you obviously know that these are landlords. And that is the easiest site. I mean, their phone number is right off to the it's right. right on the site. On. It's right on the yeah, site. Yeah, yeah and, and they answer all the time. So, but if you're on, uh, you know, and the same with Craigslist, um, but if you're on LinkedIn, um, you can usually see the title of the person you're calling. So that's kind of how um, I separate it. Love it. So, that, so that's, just depending that's, on which yeah. sites, doing a little bit of digging, yeah. seeing if they're, you know, if they're on LinkedIn saying that they do fix and flip or if they say that they're an investor, mm-hmm. you might have to kind of play it and see which one is which. The other thing that you mentioned is as soon as they answer the phone, you're starting to already in your in your brain, you're starting to dissect what kind of personality they are. Because if you look at it and listen, guys. Don't put anybody in a box, but there's four main types, right? There's If somebody's going to be short and quick on the phone or they're just really quiet, it's either going to be like a driver that just wants you to get to the point or an analytical type of engineer mind that's like, why is this person calling me? How'd they get my number? What do they want from me? That type of thing. If they're expressive like me and they're, you know, they're, they're like, Hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know that you're dealing with an expressive. And if they're soft and gentle and they're, Hey, how are you, sweetheart? This type of thing. Then they're typically an amiable personality yeah. and you need to be able to be versatile with anybody. I don't care if it's a cash buyer or this works the exact same for a seller, for a distressed property owner. But you're listening for these cues and the more and more and more that you do it, the better that you're going to be at your radar to understand how to communicate effectively. That's what Lenny's talking about. And I love it. No, a lot of people don't bring that up, Lenny. And I think that that's probably based on your sales background, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's one thing I can, I'll give my dad some credit on here. Um, he's given me the, the gift of gab and, and trying to, and talking to people, you know, I would say, you know, I get nervous, but talking to people, I know that's what needs to be done to have success in, in almost everything you do. So the more you end up talking to people, the more you get comfortable with it, the more you pick up on signs. And I think that so far in my career, I have talked to a lot of people and that could have helped, but that's something that I've been doing for a while. I completely agree. That's why I push everybody, talk to a thousand distressed property owners as quickly as you can, because once you do that, you've got that skill forever. I mean, that never goes away. That stays with you forever. And it just compounds and compounds and it leads you to some really, really unbelievably rewarding relationships. So what did you do day one? You're like, I'm going to do wholesaling. Real. I'm going to wholesale real estate. What Walk us through those first 90 days. Okay. So I was looking, this is something with my schedule, it's all over the place. I was looking for something outside of work to work on myself. Um, you know, I started reading, you know, looking at different avenues, how I started investing a little bit with stocks, but I was like, there has to be something that, you know, I can do more hands-on, create myself, you know, with some of the time that I have. And, you know, started going on YouTube, talked to a couple guys, you know, old friends I had from Pittsburgh, one with a, was a real estate agent. I knew that he was doing some fix and flips and investing on the side. Turns out he actually did a little bit of wholesaling. 
He just gave me the basics, told me to listen to Max Maxwell, brought you guys up. So I started, you know, as everybody says on this podcast, go to YouTube University. So I started digging. First thing I did was create an LLC. I actually um, I went through LegalZoom. Um, so I, cause I didn't even know what I was doing. Right. But that, that's one thing. I just I had no idea what I was doing, but I was just going just to do it. So after that, I would say I started um, after watching, you know, YouTube videos and podcasts and I started listening to Wholesaling Inc. And that's kind of what I stuck with, obviously. But then I started, I went to yellowletters.com, created a mailer. I started with direct mail. This was in, I think, like February of this year. Yep. So I just started blasting out mail. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, <laughs> first couple, I was driving for dollars. That's what, you know, my buddy told me. Um, after that, I bought a couple lists on ListSource. I was paying full price, you know, but I just was going for it. But the good thing is, I had no idea what I was doing, but I was talking, again, I was talking to people. And even after the first 20, 30 calls, I, I sounded more confident. Um, and I had some appointments set up. Um, and I actually did some, I actually did some, try to do some wholesaling back in Pittsburgh. So with the, the guy that originally introduced me, I answered the calls and he would go on some appointments. The leads didn't turn out to be anything, but, you know, I was just trying to make something work and see which area was better, Pittsburgh or New Jersey. You know, but in New Jersey, I could go to a couple of the seller's house. I met them in person. We walked around. Um, at first, I tried to play it up like I was a little more experienced. But then I was just like, you know what? Uh, a couple of the people were really nice. So I explained, hey, I'm new at this. You know, this is what I do. And then, you know, it's like the doors open. Everyone's like, okay. And then that's something that, you know, you only learn from experience. And when you go and do it, um, you know, be yourself. And it's hard at first because everybody wants to, you know, be, the, be at the top and, and be the most experienced. But um, until you get out there, you know, you just got to be yourself and everything will come along. Um, so that went on for a couple months and I just felt like I had no direction like everybody. Um, and even, you know, I started attending some re events out here, but everybody was telling me different things. And, uh, I listened to wholesaling Inc. podcast the most and it's, I was straight to the point, you know, simple. So I decided to join, um, you know, wholesaling Inc. And I actually joined the, um, you know, with, uh, you know, I joined the regular program. I was doing direct mail for a while and I was getting a ton of calls. I was. And I actually did a one small assignment fee for about $3,000 out here. Okay. Um, way more, but I didn't really have that many cash buyers. Met a guy at the sheriff's sale and, you know, just assigned it over to him. But you know what? I did it. It was a small deal. It proved that it worked, but it wasn't, you know, it, it didn't satisfy me. You know, I was like, I could, you know, I need to do this the right way. And, um, you know, I didn't follow everything to the T. I didn't build my list up enough, but, you know, I was still moving forward. And then I was just, you know, I started treading and not getting forward, you know, not moving really. So I was like, okay, what can I do to be more proactive? Because I'm getting calls while I'm in the operating room. You know, it just wasn't clicking. And that's when I decided to come over to you. And, you know, I, I cold call on the phone, doctor's offices. I, I approached doctors in the OR and the hospital cold. So I'm like, you know, obviously I can do this. I know what I'm, you know, I, I kind of have a background in this. I can control when I'm making the calls, when people, you know, not so many people are calling me now, which is huge. And then, you know, this is where we are. So, you know, it was a couple months of finding myself, but the biggest thing I did was take action and talk to people. And I know it sounds simple and yeah. we stayed on all the videos, all the podcasts, but it <laughs> is that simple. You just got to do something. And, and that's, uh, yeah, that's it. That's incredible. Well, it's really interesting, you know, because, you know, in the TTP family, there's a lot of people that have these congested um, schedules. 
You know what I mean? They've got a lot of responsibilities, whether it be the military, whether it be firefighter, police officer, whether it be sales, whether it be teaching, whether it be these full-time jobs, drivers, truck drivers, all these. We, we have a mix of all these incredible professions, and they just can't drop everything that second to take incoming calls. Not only that, but they're just naturally like you, Lenny, they're naturally built to like take action. Like, let me, let me loose. Let me loose. Let me try to go out there and hunt. I want to hunt. I'm not a a gatherer. I want to, I want to go after it. I want to be proactive. I want to be on offense. And you said, I mean, you get off of uh, being in surgery at early in the morning, you get into the afternoon and then you start making calls. I mean, this is incredible. Isn't it just exhausting? Aren't you just overwhelmed? Isn't your life just totally like your social life just totally wrecked? Oh, no, 100%. I feel like that at times. But, you know, it comes back to, you know, I want a different life at the end of the day, you know, so my why is there. And that's a big thing, too. Um, it can't just be money. Um, mine is, uh, like I said, I'm a proactive player person. I want to control my schedule what I'm doing, when I'm doing and where, you know, I, I need that. And this is an avenue. I'm a, you know, I, I have a passion for real estate. Um, wholesaling is a great avenue. It's, you know, obviously it's gotten me into real estate and where you can go with it, you know, is a million directions. Obviously, like I said, the money's there, but the, the, the networking, it has everything that I want. And so, you know, if your why is like that, then yeah, at times, I mean, the days are long and uh, you do have to sacrifice some social time, but the gratification at the end, it's not instant, you know, and you, you got to keep that. It's going to be long term. So once you get into that zone and you can have a little bit of success, I uh, just listened to the audio book on the dip, yep. you know, once you can get through that dip and I don't even consider myself out of that yet, but, sure. um, you know, just a little bit of success at the end. I mean, it keeps you going, um, especially if you want it and, and you have, you know, that, that why that's big enough. Awesome. Incredible. Let's break down a deal. Let's get this thing right. going, man. So go ahead. Tell me about, uh, tell me about uh, the so, deal. Break it, break yeah, it down. Set, so, set the foundation yep. here. All right. So it was a driving for dollar deal. So it was a vacant property. You could tell that it was vacant. Uh, trees overgrown. Um, you know, no cars in the driveway. So it had a pool in the back. There's trees growing out of it. So it was a, obviously a cold call. So I, you know, looked up the address. I actually have an app called Land Glide. So it's, uh, have you ever heard of it? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it had all the owner's information on that. And so I just looked it up honestly on white pages, you know, gave the owner a call. Um, and this was back in actually before I joined TTP a couple months, but it was the follow-up um, and a lot of things that, you know, since I joined, I implemented into that, sure. but I kept it in my CRM system, which is huge. And another thing that's always repeated because I listen to every podcast for Full Selling Inc. is the money's in the follow-up. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a case of it. I, there were so many times where I almost put it, you know, I almost deleted it. But uh, this started in about July, June, July. Okay. And I would call about every two, three weeks and we'd have great conversations. And this, you know, relates back to what I do in medical sales. I wouldn't say I'm the best salesman. I don't like being called a salesman, but being re- building rapport and the relationship factor is something that, you know, I, I um, you know, respect. I know that that's the most important. That's how I, you know, have did well in medical device sales um, because people don't want to buy necessarily the product. They want to buy it from you. Yep, yep. So I made sure that I built that relationship with this, you know, with this homeowner. Turns out her husband died, you know, back in the early 2000s. She actually lived in Fort Lee, which was like 20 minutes away. And um, she was paying taxes all up to date, you know, with everything, but just didn't, nobody gave her the time of day or nobody 
you know, reached out to her enough to guide her. She just needed some guidance. And honestly, the first couple of times, I mean, I followed up with her for the first two, you know, two, two and a half months. I really didn't know where to go with it. She was kind of, you know, she liked to talk, but it just wouldn't go anywhere. And I caught myself just spinning the wheel. But, you know, and then I joined TTP and I listened to a couple other podcasts and and the more, and then I talked to her one other time. I got this idea. I'm like, okay. She just needs a guidance. She needs a timeline. I forget what podcast it was, but somebody talked about a timeline. And um, I used that um, to structure this. And uh, so the, the, the time, so I called her one more time. Um, and then I was like, okay, how about this? And, and the biggest thing was she didn't want, she was embarrassed with the house. She didn't want anybody in, in the property. I don't think anybody outside of family has been in there since she left. So I said, how about this? In two weeks, I said, this is, I have to, you know, see the inside of the house, you know, if, if, you know, someone's going to buy this, you know, we have to go in and just see what the condition is. That way I can give you a fair offer. So in two weeks, she said, okay. So I got her to confirm in two weeks, we'd go into the house. So in two weeks, we, I confirmed that she was going to be there. We showed up and she let me in the house. We walked around. And that's when I knew, you know, I leveled up and that this was going to go somewhere. It was a lot of tough phone calls. And I, I talked to a lot of people, but it was very tough to kind of feel her out. I would always reverse back to, you know, why do you want to sell? You know, you, you told me this and make sure she really wanted to sell the property. And she did, you know, she was paying, like I said, all the taxes. It was sitting there was losing value by the day. She didn't want to deal with the realtor fee. I asked her, you know, I tried to out, you know, get myself out of the deal. I tried every, every option to make sure that I was the one in, in this, she wanted to go with me. So I tried to get myself out of the deal, honestly. And, um, you know, after we went into the house and I saw it, you know, I knew that we, we built something here. So, you know, right there, I had the contract. We started talking, you know, offer numbers. And I started, you know, really, and this is another thing with me, you know, being a couple months in that I wasn't good at at first, but I started really well. So I had the ARV of the property around 550 and that was kind of conservative. So I offered, I think my first offer was 275. Ooh. Yeah. And, um, you know, she said, no, I can't do that. She was near like 400. Yep. So we went back and forth and we left and I had her at 315 to 330 range, but we didn't get anything signed there. But, you know, the conversation was going well. I didn't want to be pushy. You know, I knew her well at this point. She trusted me. I got her to say, you know, a couple of times she even told me, you know, I only want to deal with you. I explained my background. You know, I'm younger, you know, ambitious. I will do a go above and beyond. I will help you move your stuff. Oh, and, and while we were there, somebody drove by in a pickup truck and said, hey, you still selling your house? And like threw out an offer, but like then like, you know, drove away. So you could tell the type of people she was dealing with. Yeah. And I said, listen, I will, I will do things differently, you know, and anything that you need. You know, I'll make sure it gets done. So that's one thing that she wanted. She had that comfort. What did she say to not sign the contract? Like, what did, was there something there that she was like, well, yeah. I need to review it. I need to think about it. Like, what was the objection? So she bought the house for 320000 like about 20 years ago. And she felt like, oh my, after all this time, she already felt like this was one of the biggest mistakes she made in her life. And, um, you know, and I understood, you know, that too, and how deep she felt about this. And she's like, I'm really, you know, not even going to make any money on this after all the, all these years. And it's in a nice neighborhood, nice area. So she had to think about it, but she knew that the condition of it, she was even a little surprised when we went in there. I mean, it had water damage. 
it hasn't, nobody's been in there in like 15 years. So you can, you can imagine what it was like. Um, so yeah, the whole, the the price thing, but I explained everything. I even explained, you know, the, how, you know, what we would do to the home, what needed to be done and kind of the price to give her. Like I wasn't just pulling this price out of thin air, right? you know, and this comes from see going and, and, you know, going on appointments and seeing houses and, and knowing a little bit, I don't know in detail, but what repairs cost. So I could explain myself a little bit. So, you know, I gave her, you know, how about, you know, 24 hours. So I called her back the next day and we got to talking and she wanted it at like 370. I was at 330. We agreed upon 350. Okay. Meet in the so middle. I knew I added. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we got it under contract at 350, but with the ARV being 550,000, you know, it needed a lot of work. It was a full gut job. So I was kind of nervous from like, you know, the area, you know, I knew we had a deal here. It just had to be the right, be the right buyer. So once, the, once we got under contract and then this, we're going to local RIA meetings, you know, sheriff office, this is where this all really came into play because I had a couple buyers off my list interested, but they honestly thought the number was tight for just the, a regular rehab. So I reached out to Eddie um, and Kyle Lopez, the EKJ real estate up here in New Jersey, about my age, I'm 27 years old. And I saw Eddie speak at one of the RIA events. And um, afterwards, I just introduced myself. And, you know, he did some wholesales and he does fix and flips in the area. And his brother do it full time. Uh, they've been doing it for a couple of years now, but really cool kid. So I called him because I knew that he was actually from the town. And he obviously had some connections. So he made some calls as well. And he found a, a buyer who would take a different approach. So it turns out the value of this deal was in the lot. So it was a hundred by a hundred corner lot, which mm-hmm. is bigger than most in that neighborhood. Sure. So what this guy w- was going to do is come in and subdivide and build two homes on. So I'm like, now I know I got a deal here. Yeah. So he helped, you know, uh, bring that relationship to the table. You know, it turns out he had some family ties with him. So, you know, we met, agreed upon a price. So that price was 400000 Mm-hmm. So now I have it locked up at three fifty. We got him locked in with an earnest money deposit of ten thousand or four hundred, um, because like again, he's going to come in, subdivide, build two homes. So his back end profit is going to be way higher now, and he's got some room to work. So we got both of those locked in. Eddie also helped me out with giving me a referral to a great, um, you know, a real estate attorney up here, and uh, we shopped around for a good title company, but we chose to double close this deal, and yeah, it kind of all came together. But this deal. You know, it sounds like, you know, it was all, it went all smooth, but it did not. It went the opposite. This deal, like I said, it should have never have happened from every little detail with it. I felt like there was like a hiccup, but, you know, I pushed through it. You know, we believed that, you know, we had the right number and there was deals in the end. And when, when, when two or three of my buyers fell through, I reached out to people in the area uh, because I know, I knew that there was a buyer and there's always a buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as your, your price is reasonable and, and, and set low enough. But, um, you know, I, there was, there was a couple of times where I was like, okay, I'm getting nerd. You know, there's nothing here. We got to, I got to call her and cancel it, but I stuck with it. Yep. Um, we made it through and yeah, it was a force. So a $50,000 assignment, I mean, a uh, double close, we double closed it. So after closing costs, um, we walked away with $44,242 and 98 cents. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Been waiting for that. That is incredible. Yeah. And listen, 
it, it's because you you took that extra step. You went that extra mile to actually reach out. This is one of the most powerful things about your story is once you have a deal, you need to do everything possible. Talk to as many people as possible. Get in in front of them. Pick up the phone and call these people. Go yeah. to meetups and talk to them. Like, go get this in front of everybody. Don't just assume that if one person or five people say that it's not a deal for them, that it's not a deal. Keep pushing, 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 pushing. And you end up with, what was it, 44? 40? A little over 44,000. $44,000. Come on, man. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah it turned out being a team effort. Um, sure. Obviously, you know, we made that work out for Eddie and Kyle. But yeah, man, it's, it, you know, you see the end result, but until you go through it, you don't know what it's like. Yep. And um, this isn't easy. Um, if it was, everybody would do it. But, you know, it pays off. And it's the people that can stick it out. And, you know, I hope to do these deals every month now. But like, again, it took somebody for this seller that was willing to stick with her. And I was like, that, that's the biggest takeaway I got. You know, and I like to say that this is the deal that should never have happened because, I followed up with her for months, you know, it took a couple months and, uh, there was times I called her. I'm like, why am I even calling her? Is she annoyed with me? But we'd have just a conversation. We wouldn't even talk about real estate or her house or anything. And, uh, you know, I, I found out a little about her life, her family. She would tell me what she was doing on the weekend. So it turned into, we, we turned out to be friends. You know, she was getting uh, hit up by other buyers, you know, people, but they, they, it was a business call. It yep. wasn't yep. somebody that cared. And she respected the fact that I was younger, you know, willing to go out of my way for her. Um, I showed that I cared. She, I, I built that trust. And it's a relationship business. And I think a lot of people that get into wholesaling or real estate, they, they become rigid. And it's all about the numbers or the fix and, or the house. And, you know, and that's not my, you know, bread and butter with, with medical sales. I don't sell the product. I, you know, like I said, I sell myself. And, and I think that is the key that some people miss with everything. So that's, that's like the biggest takeaway. hundred percent. The six to 10, listen, if you're listening to this, or if you're watching this, if you want to watch it, go to the YouTube channel, Brent Daniels, real estate on YouTube, but the six to 10% of the entire nation that is in some sort of distress on their property, those people, it is about the people, not the property. Now, listen, the 94 or 90% of other people that want to sell at retail, it's about the property. Okay. These people, these distressed property owners, it is about that person. It is about the relationship that you can build with them. They've got to want to sell. They've got to trust you uh, to get the job done. And they got to have a problem that you can solve. Those are the core elements of every distressed property sale since the beginning of time. So, I mean, Lenny, you hit it right on the head. I love it. I love it. Give some advice to everybody starting out. Give them a little bit of advice. A little bit of advice? Um Whatever you're doing, take action. Even if you have no clue, you feel so lost, uncomfortable. I, like I said, I had no real estate background. My dad doesn't have apartment buildings, anything. I watched a couple YouTube videos and listened to some podcasts and bought a couple postcards, sent them out. People called me. I had no idea what to say. But guess what? After you do it 10, 20, 30 times, you pick stuff up. You listen to other people. Go attend your local RIA meeting. I think that's the mo one of the most important things. Go attend. Go network in person. You can use technology, Facebook, uh, even call people, but go in person. Go because there's difference when you talk to people in, in person. Go attend sheriff uh, foreclosure sales. Go anything you can real estate related. Get yourself out there. 
And, um, you know, you don't have to make a 180 degree turn and become this totally different person. Make a little, make a little step each day. And guess what? You'll turn into that person. So that's the biggest thing. Just take a little bit of action each day. If this is something that you really want and you have passion for and, and all the, all the benefits that come with it, just do a little bit each day and, uh, you know, you'll get some results. Awesome. How do people get in touch with you? People want to network with you. They want to talk to you. How do they get in touch with you? Honestly, the best way is probably my Instagram. I'm going through a couple um, business name changes with my LLC, so I don't want to give you the wrong email address, but it's Lenny, L-E-N-N-Y underscore Poliziani. I'll spell this one out, P-O-L-I-Z-I-A-N-I. And that's Instagram. Probably the best way, just shoot me a direct message and uh, yeah, we can talk. Awesome. Incredible. Just a ton, a ton, a ton of hacks, a ton of, ton of different golden nuggets, a, a ton of just value that you provided just in that story alone. I really, yeah. Lenny, you're the man. Thank you for being on Thank the you, podcast and you. everybody out there listening. If you are interested in joining the TTP family, the most proactive group in real estate investing, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Scroll down, check it out and keep scrolling all the testimonials. Nobody has more. I'd love for you to join the TTP family and I'd work with you personally. And as always, guys, I encourage you guys all to go out there today and talk to people. Love you. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.